0: Live from the Redeemer Radio 95.7 Studios in the shadows of the Golden Dome, this is Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays.
1: The 2018 Notre Dame football season is in the book, so time now to look back at our year-end review show. Welcome to the season finale of Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays, Notre Dame FCU Where you bank does matter. We're also presented by orange theory fitness in Granger voted the best one hour full body workout. I'm Angel DiCarlo joined as always by former St. Joe and Elkhart Memorial football coach, Kevin Downey. Well, one, uh, one week ago, we're sitting here talking ourselves into the ways Notre Dame could be Clemson. Well, we knew it was an uphill battle. It certainly (laughs) was the Irish losing 30 to three to Clemson in the cotton bowl being eliminated from the college football playoffs. Kevin, What were your biggest takeaways from, uh, obviously, Clemson really dominating this game? I think it was, uh, as you and I talked at the beginning, you
0: know, what would the benefit of Clemson being in the playoffs four years in a row be? And I think, number one, um, they did have the experience, and even though they had the freshman quarterback, obviously he wasn't rattled. But bigger than that, there was a lot of good players there. And I think four years in a row of being on that national stage and being able to recruit I, there's just a lot of talent for Clemson. Uh, not taking anything away from Notre Dame, just them being in like year one and then seeing the, that experience of um, kind of the snowball effect with Clemson and then obviously Alabama. I think that that was a big
1: difference. All right, setting the table for this morning's show, we'll break down who's leaving and who's staying. Big news yesterday that Julian Love, Alzheimer's Mack announcing they will go to the NFL. Khalid Kareem says he will come back. Still waiting word on Julian Aquara. Uh, NFL possible interest in Brian Kelly. I don't think that's as big of a deal as some made it out to be this week. We'll talk about that in the next segment. We'll give out our year-end grades by position, as well as our awards for Team MVP, Most Improved Player, etc. And we'll run through our poll questions. You can still contribute by going on Twitter uh, to my Twitter account, at Ange DiCarlo. Multiple questions today. We're asking you who was Notre Dame's MVP this season, How many games will Notre Dame win next season? And do you think Notre Dame wins a national championship in the next five years? We're asking fans to go on my Twitter page, add to DiCarlo to cast your vote. You can also leave a comment with your answer and reason why. And we may read your answer later in the show. We will read a lot of your answers coming up Later on, want to let you know that if you're planning a company meeting or a family special occasion, how about having it overlooking Notre Dame Stadium? It's a golden opportunity, perhaps a sunshine opportunity like we have today in South Bend. All brought to you by Venue ND. To learn more, visit Venue.ND.edu or call 574 631 Fourteen hundred. All right, Kevin. You talked about the experience of Clemson. That was one of my big, big concerns. But here was the thing that I thought was interesting. Notre Dame came out. They were in it from the get go. And the guys that killed them in this game were true freshmen. Whether or not it was the quarterback right. or the wide, the wide receiver. receiver, that's not experience. That the that that's talent. And then when you look across the board, and we said we're going to go in our year in review and or we're going to do our year-end awards, and, and we won't give it away, but you cheated and didn't even <laughs> pick a freshman. I kind of cheated and didn't pick a freshman, although my guy at least didn't has never played college football before. I think we could figure out who Kevin's is if you think about that real nicely. But it would be easy to pick a rookie of the year for Clemson, right? I mean, yeah. obviously, it would be the quarterback, Trevor Lawrence. So – that might be one of the biggest things that's keeping Notre Dame from getting to that next point is that they their guys are, are not immediate impact players, especially in terms of depth. Yeah. You know, that's that's the biggest difference from Alabama and Clemson and Notre Dame right now. You don't have that that next step.
0: Yeah. And again, you know, we're going to be talking about just a few of our guys going to the NFL. I saw uh, real quick on SportsCenter that. Georgia's losing four guys. And it was like, oh, yeah, they'll go, but we'll bring in new people. And I think that that's the next step for the Irish program, and, and that kind of gets back to the uh, evolution of the program. Obviously, they've had some good years in a row, but with now finally making the playoffs, can they get enough of those recruits that can plug and play, that can just come in and make an impact and um, and capitalize on this year that they just got done with?
1: No bigger sign of how, how much – Lack of depth this team had than when Julian Love went out with, with the injury. I mean, he goes down in, in, in the first half. Dante Vaughn comes in and he can't handle it. Uh, and well, Klebs- they isolated him right away. Oh, and they <laughs> just, just picked, picked, picked him apart. Yeah. And I guess,
0: you know, we spent all year focusing on um, how, how good the safety play was, which it was. But, you know, once Love went out, then those guys. <laughs> It, it just created a weakness, to be honest. So then it, it put more um, pressure on the safeties. They, you know, maybe they picked on Gilman a little bit, too. Um, so maybe he was trying to overcompensate and help Love's backup. I, again, I mean, this is a, a national uh, program. We're going to have to have some corners. It's kind of like when the nickel went down and you got really nervous. Yep. Like there there has to be a little bit of depth, which is,
1: you know, what the off season's all about. Well, springtime last year. You, you had Julian Love, Troy Pride, Sean Crawford, and Nick Watkins. Watkins decides to transfer because he doesn't want to be the fourth cornerback. Sean Crawford gets hurt three days before the season and then loves out in this game. If I told you in March of last year that Notre Dame would be in the college football playoff and the only one of those four cornerbacks that would be playing in the second quarter was Troy Pride, you'd be like, uh, <laughs> Notre Dame's going to be in real trouble. And how did they get here? And, yeah, they got there because Love was so good and was playing throughout the season. But they were definitely in big trouble with, with without that depth mm. there. But it feels like these other teams still have five, six, and seven behind them that are ready to go and step up plays, the five-star recruits. And that's what it feels like Notre Dame's missing is they have a lot of great four-star recruits. They get that top ten recruiting class, but they don't have – yes, Jalen Smith comes around every once in a while. Yep. But Jalen Smith comes around – Well, because he's from Fort Wayne and he went to a Catholic high school, that kind of helps. When, (laughs) Not that that often you get a generational player like that that happens to be from an hour and 20 minutes away. So they're going to have to figure out a way of starting to get these five-star recruits.
0: Well, and again, I think they have to capitalize on success. So this year, being in the playoffs, awesome. It's great. They had a lot of great personalities. Um, that we'll talk about in the year in review and a lot of great leaders, you got to take that momentum and uh, carry it through and have their
1: legacy be that this is the first step moving forward, not just a grand finale. All right, here's what uh, Notre Dame football coach Brian Kelly had to say about Notre Dame trying to overcome the
2: loss of Julian Love in the second quarter against Clemson. We have to be good enough that we can overcome the loss of one player. Um, uh, Clemson was able to overcome the loss of a great defensive lineman. We have to be able to overcome the loss of a of, of really good player. Um, and uh, that's the bottom line. When you're in this game, you've got to be able to overcome the loss of, of key players. And, uh, and and that means from a coaching standpoint and a playing standpoint, players got to make plays, and coaches got to put players in position to make plays. And that's just being real. I mean, so this is this is about coaching and players in, in these games, when you lose key players, coaches got to step up and players have got to step up. No sugarcoating it there and, and no
1: spin, no excuses, really. I mean, and that's the bottom line. Yes, I, you can sit here and go, well, if this, this and this happened, Notre Dame might have been, this might have been a closer game. Bottom line is Clemson was better. Clemson was deeper. And you have to be able to overcome one guy. I mean, Dexter Lawrence is going to be a top 15 pick in the NFL draft. He did not play in this game. Did you see any issues with Clemson's (laughs) defensive line? No, they didn't miss a beat.
0: I mean, again, a a top pick, 6'4", 350, one of the most dominant (laughs) pass rushers in college football. And He's three of me. (laughs) He's three of everybody. He's a monster. (laughs) Um, But again, it's that, I think, consistency of being to the playoffs, I mean, four years in a row, Five years for Alabama. Those guys, they're on the national stage, and it, it can be a true next-man-in mentality. I do think, again, in the uh, – I don't want to say development, but as Kelly kind of progresses, just watching him from the sideline and watching so closely, it's pretty neat They didn't spin it and that he did just put it out there and honestly say, yeah, they got to get better and they have to have better depth, um, and they can. Those instant replays, though, didn't help Notre Dame either. Instant replays, fumbles, you know, not getting that well, the call. <laughs> There's a lot of things in the momentum
1: category. Again, well they, the first they, half was close. They dropped a lot of balls. But, yep, yeah. they fumbled balls that didn't go their way. Some were interesting in terms of the final call. But Clemson fumbling the ball when it was 3-3 at their own 15-yard line. And I am still not sure how on replay they were had conclusive evidence that that ball was out of bounds. It was hovering over the, over the line. Yeah. But I don't know if you could tell it was touching. And again, does Notre Dame win the game? If that call, no, they don't, but it's going to be closer or longer. Well, it's, probably no worse than 1610 at halftime right yep. because they're going to go in likely score a touchdown even if they don't find it's 16-6 but they're not going to get that garbage I'm not going to call it garbage touchdown <laughs> because it's <a> very effective <laughs> touchdown with a minute left in the half but they're not yeah. going to get that one probably if Notre Dame takes another minute off the clock uh either going three and out and kicking a field goal or getting the touchdown so um it was close it would be closer longer that would have helped the You know, the national reputation for Notre Dame, certainly, because that's taking a beating so far. But, um, you know, it just felt like they needed breaks to go their way. And it went opposite and went opposite every (laughs) single time uh, to, you know, the the only way they're going to win this game is if they played a perfect game. Not a perfect game, but they played a very good game and breaks went their way. Neither happened. And then the better team won.
0: Well, and it was uncharacteristic of the year, too, right? The pass drops, the fumbles, um, even, uh, you know, Ian Book at times and his scrambling looked just a little off kilter. And, again, we talked about it a little bit last year. So, two Clemsons, to give them some credit, they did a great job with the three-man rush, and then they would spy on um, Ian Book and <laughs> – That's going to be something they need to address schematically because that worked really well. Now, other teams may not have three dominant defensive linemen to get pressure, but just that one little thing, if you look back to a lot of the mishaps, that was the the scheme that they used on defense, which was really effective. And honestly, it's not that aggressive. (laughs) It doesn't force anything. It kind of makes him hold the ball a little bit longer, which, again, they took away what he does well, quick
1: Quick decisions. Worried about Ian Book at all? I mean, obviously he was exceptionally good in October. He got that injury against Northwestern. He wasn't He wasn't bad. I'm not mm-hmm. saying that. But he wasn't the same guy the rest of the year, and he wasn't that effective in this game against Clemson. Are, are you concerned at all about whether or not he's as good as maybe we thought he was in October heading into next year? I do think he's that good. I mean, I think
0: that he's going to be the one that that they can build off Um, and he's good because he gets the ball to lots of uh, their playmakers. Again, um, it's going to be just interesting to see how they progress.
1: All right. Um, You know, obviously national perception again uh, that. You know, once again, Notre Dame blown out on the national stage. People comparing it to the Alabama game in 2012. uh, I think you're nuts if you compare it to that because this was a lot different than that. I was was I was closer. It it wasn't closer by the score, but it was definitely closer in terms of competitive play. Notre Dame was never in it in that game. I mean, (laughs) by the end of the by the end of the middle of the first quarter. I mean, we had a huge post-game show planned at WNDU, it was all getting thrown out the window piece by piece. By the end of the first quarter, it was like, all right, Chuck Freebie's just going to come on and toss to the press conference, and that's it. Yeah. And we had an hour post-game planned. Uh, it was, you know, everything got thrown out. That so, was slow and painful. This That wasn't even <laughs> slow. That was fast and painful. <laughs> this one, at least, they were in it for a little bit. They were. I have. Uh, all right. Here's uh, what Brian Kelly had to say if, when asked if this was as bad as the Alabama
2: game in 2012. Oh, I do. Absolutely. I I left that game feeling like there was so much work to be done from the inside out. Um, so much development, so much recruiting. Um, this, this felt so much different. Like we gave up four big plays that we characteristically don't give up. And, uh, very capable of moving the football and doing the things necessary to beat this football team. They were the better team today. There's no doubt about it. Um, But with uh, now giving them the opportunity to see how they need to play in this atmosphere, um, not flawless, but with excellence, uh, we can come back here and win. So it's a different, real different feeling for me. I feel like this football team is on the brink where when I left that game, it was, boy, do we have a lot of work to do. All right, and I apologize to Coach Kelly. The
1: The question that was asked was, do you feel like it's different, not is it as bad? And That's why I said, oh, I do, absolutely. Oh, I do absolutely feel like this game was different than the Alabama game, not the same. Um, th- it felt different for you, too, right? It felt like it if they played their game, they would have been in the game, as opposed to 2012, I don't – I." That they had no chance. Well,
0: and this team, I think, <clears throat> was a uh, more well-rounded. You know, they had b- a good specialist uh, for the Notre Dame team this year. They had a really strong defense. I-, I think, you know, some of their strengths, and I know we'll get position by position, but, you know, they developed some defensive line depth, uh, maybe not to the extent of, of Clemson <laughs> and just a week later, but they have, you know, defensive line depth. Um, they have uh, – on offense, again, a lot more playmakers kind of coming through. Um, so I do think that this is different. I think that, again, hopefully, as a Notre Dame fan, it's them getting ready to take that next step, which uh, is going to come down to the recruiting. Well, who's coming, who's staying, the recruiting, and then the player development, which, you know, to Kelly's credit, he's uh, they've kind of re- rebooted everything, and their new process seems to be working. Uh, real quick,
1: Clemson or Alabama, who you have for Monday night? I think it's gonna be tough, but I think I'm I'm gonna go Clemson. You're going Clemson? Yeah. Is that because your son? It's Joe, my who's son, Joey. Some somehow <laughs> both a Notre Dame and Clemson fan is here. Hold on, we're gonna we're gonna swing this mic around. Joe's in the house. Let's open up mic two there, uh, Mr. Joe Andert. Uh, Joey, how are you? Both a Clemson and Notre Dame fan at nine years old. I mean, who are you rooting for Saturday?
0: Uh, both, I guess. <laughs>
1: It actually goes back to a Notre Dame
0: game, Ange. So do you remember the last time they played? Not this last week, but the last time Clemson and Notre Dame played? Yeah. You were all Notre Dame,
1: weren't you? Yeah. (laughs) Remember, was it the rain game? Yeah. How old were you then, five?
0: Uh, I think so.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So who are you picking Monday night, Clemson or Alabama? Uh. (laughs) Clemson. All right. Very, very. Now, why? Why do you think Clemson wins?
0: Because they're a better team.
1: All right, that's that's enough for you. We can't have a Clemson He's fan on too fan. much. We also have Sa- we also have Sarah in studio. Maybe we'll let her make a comment later, more insightful from a true Notre Dame fan. Thanks for stopping by, kid. All right, we're gonna take a commercial break because, as always, we're way behind on our schedule. Uh, when we come back, we'll we'll start talking about who's leaving and and who's staying and and the outlook for Notre Dame heading into 2019. Plus, we'll give out our team awards, our MVP, our most improved player and we'll go position by position give out our grades you're listening to the season finale of notre dame federal credit unions irish sports saturdays here on redeemer radio 95.7
2: auto loans from notre dame federal credit union can save you money why because the whole purpose of a credit union is to save you money catholic inspired credit unions put faith into action pope john paul ii called them one of the church's most significant concrete achievements now it's easier than ever to be a part of this all you need is a phone You already share our values, why not share in our savings? For a better auto loan or refinance from Notre Dame Federal Credit Union, call 844 230 6611.
1: We are presented by Arn Siri Fitness, voted the best one hour full body workout in the country. If you're looking to fulfill that New Year's resolution of getting back in shape, I highly recommend Arn Siri Fitness in Granger. You get the benefits of a group workout with the attention of a personal coach. You might even get a chance to work out next to me. And don't worry, if that's a deterrent, I'll walk out of class if you go and don't want me there. Orange Theory Fitness, located at Heritage Square in Granger. Your first workout is free. Angel DiCarlo, Kevin Downey with you here on the season finale of Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays, presented by Orange Theory Fitness. Uh, Time now to look at who's leaving and who's staying for Notre Dame. Uh, Let's start with... Uh, the big news from yesterday, Julian Love and um, Alizé Mack both announcing they were heading to the NFL draft. Um, Mack not really a surprise, something we kind of anticipated. Uh, he's, you know, He, he, he missed the entire season because of academics. So um, a couple years back, um, I think he's been waiting for this opportunity to go. So that one didn't surprise me. Julian Love doesn't surprise me, but I think some were hoping and hoping that he was gonna come back because we know how good of a player is. No question, that's a huge, huge loss for Notre Dame not to have Julian Love returning next season. Well we saw it in the the bull game, but then also or in the playoff game,
0: but then also um you know he was he was one of those leaders as well. He was one of the guys that we got uh sound bites from and you you know there's even though he's a soft spoken guy, his play <laughs> spoke large. Um and I think that that's that's as the years go, you're going to have people that that uh, come and go, and the teams will change pretty drastically, but it's their personalities that we don't truly know about you know, until um, until it, it gets to kind of in the middle of the season. And I do think Love, not just a good player, but also a uh, really good leader too.
1: Yeah, I actually thought he was going to be a captain heading into this year. I was kind of surprised when he was not named a captain. Mm-hmm. Um, and he definitely was going to be a captain next year yeah. um and and not to have him first of all uh, you know he's going he goes down their names all-time leader in pass breakups so a, as a player tremendous mm-hmm. and then as you said um a, as a leader tremendous as well um and that again goes to that lack of depth now in the secondary that that they're going to be hurting at they really need to develop that cornerback position um their second best cornerback next year is Sean Crawford, who's coming off of Injury. three season-ending injuries in his career. I don't know if he'll be ready by the start of the season. We don't know if he'll ever really be ready. Mm-hmm. Um, so, is Dante Vaughn should develop? Look, you look at a guy like Jalen Elliott, who did not have the best first two seasons at Notre mm-hmm. Dame and developed into a really good safety this year. Will the, the light bulb click for Dante Vaughn? It's certainly possible, but... Jalen Elliott had his struggles during a, a four and eight seasons two years ago when everyone was struggling. Dante Vaughn struggled on the biggest stage. Mm-hmm. And you know as a coach, you need cornerbacks who are confident. Exactly. And not thinking about what has happened in the past. And I don't know. if he, he, He's got to be able to get over that mental hurdle. And that's something that's either going to motivate him all offseason or it's going to mess with him all offseason.
0: Yeah. And I think confidence for any position is really important, but especially for corner, you are out on an Island. and Everybody see, you're isolated. Everybody can tell if you make a great play or if uh, somebody makes a great play on you. So yeah, he's, they're going to have to develop and he's going to have to develop confidence. And that comes with, um, you know, them pushing each other. So they need to have good wide receivers, which they have on their own team to practice against, but then also, uh, good young people coming in to help push him as far as um, just development, you know? And again, that'll build confidence. If you're around a lot of good football players, you
1: start to believe. And the, one of the big reasons Notre Dame got to this point was because you, you had guys that were in this position that could have decided to go last mm-hmm. year, all came back and, Drew Tranquil, Jerry Tillery, and and Tavon Coney. Mm-hmm. Now you have guys who could have come back and decided to leave, and I don't blame Julian Love for going to the NFL. Yeah. If he comes back, I don't think – he's his draft stock's not going to rise anymore if he comes back next year versus if he, if he left. So um, I think I understand why, but in terms of the difference that those three last year that returned mm-hmm. had – um, and, and now, holy cow, you got to replace right up the middle in terms yeah. of Tillery and then Coney and Tranquil. And that Coney and Tranquil replacement, that's going to be really difficult for this team.
0: Very difficult. I, well, and they were, again, taking the uh, the whole leadership out, which, again, they were great personalities and great leaders but the plays that they made and how they played together and their communication I mean they were huge and we talked about that last week the key that they would be uh, able to be competitive in their final game or in
1: the playoffs would be how well those great players played Uh, no one else played I mean they have no depth behind those guys right now Uh, Asmar Bilal will be the only linebacker with really any form of experience I think the guy with the next most snaps at linebacker maybe Jordan Gemar Keith and that's because he played a lot against Northwestern mm-hmm. when when Tranquil was out. was out i mean that's not that many snaps so that's they got a lot of talent they've been recruiting really well at linebacker and now again when Clemson Alabama right. and Ohio State lose this time of this type of premium talent they got guys Someone ready to go and in. replace it. Notre Dame can't afford to have guys take two years at linebacker to, to be ready to go. They they need guys to have the production of Drew Tranquil and Tavon Coney next year. I don't know if they're going to have that, but that's what they're going to need.
0: Yeah, they have to step up. I guess even just thinking outside the box, maybe you can do the same move with uh, Gilman and move him down to Will Linebacker that you did with Tranquil. Um, but he's a little bit smaller of a player. I don't know. It was such a special year, and those guys were so good. That next level is going to be somebody to come in and develop and to step up.
1: One other guy that is leaving is quarterback Brandon Wimbush. He'll Mm -hmm. transfer. Um, And, you know, it's interesting. I I don't know that you have a a quarterback who got benched that's going to be more beloved uh, leaving than Brandon Wimbush has because of the way he handled himself.
0: It, it was amazing. I mean, that was even as a 44 year old man, I would have trouble, you know, just with the, the pride factor, but the way he handled himself and the way he was such a good teammate, like even in the, in the game, when, um, book had a turnover, he was the first one that came over to see him on the sidelines. I mean, that's phenomenal. What a great young man. And again, he had a lot of success here. Um, I just think that the offense, uh, and book helped but is evolving in a different way and f- kind of out on the you know a little tangent one good thing is that now it seems like they have book but then also a guy that they recruited that can step in and play like him whereas when you had Wimbush and book it was like two different players two different offenses now um it just seems like that they have a, a different mold of quarterback
1: yeah and they'll have phil dracovic ready mm-hmm. to go and He'll, he'll get to play as much as needed next year, and who knows? Maybe he'll – you don't know. I mean, yeah. second-year quarterbacks for Brian Kelly don't necessarily pan out that well. Usually, it's the first year, so maybe this time next year we're talking about Jakovic. <laughs> Talk <about Czechoslovak. laughs> you never know. Uh, hopefully not, because that would mean Book didn't have as good of a season as, as he would like. Yeah. Um, uh, one guy that is returning is Khalid Kareem at defensive line. That's massive – considering Tillery is, is gone. Mm-hmm. Um, we're still waiting word on Julian Aquora. That would be huge if he came back. If you can get Kareem and Aquora back, I know you're losing Tillery, but that defensive line will still be have a lot of depth and still be very special next year if both of those guys come back.
0: Well, and he had two difference makers at edge rusher. And the way Kareem, again, kind of slowly but surely emerged as a leader and as more of a vocal person um, – at least in the locker room or, you know, for the media, I think he gives you hope that uh, if he does come back, <laughs> that that you're going to have some some leadership and some people step forward.
1: All right, we're midway through the show, and we are just now going to address the speculation of whether or not Brian Kelly will go to the NFL. This is why – this you can probably read how much I take <laughs> – <laughs> how how much worth i take into this speculation that i'm not talking about it until 9:30 uh on a 1-hour show um yeah there was a report that that the bucks might be interested and then that kind of got squashed by a couple of other Bucks reporters we were like, mm, maybe the search firm threw him out. Yeah, I wonder where the search firm got the name. Maybe from an agent <laughs> who wants to try to get Brian Kelly some more money. And that's not to say Brian Kelly could not succeed in the NFL. Yeah. I'm not saying he would or couldn't. But he's 57. He's never done it. And he's, he's had a pretty good run at Notre Dame. Maybe he would want to try it. If he's ever going to do it, it would be now. But he's also never had it better at Notre Dame Mm -hmm. than right now. So I don't see an NFL team offering the job, nor do I necessarily think he wants to leave.
0: Well, selfishly, I really would have been entertained watching the old Brian Kelly, not the new 2.0 version where he's all calm and doesn't freak out at refs or quarterbacks on national TV. But the old one, Hard Knocks Life, on. with Jameis Winston as quarterback. That could have been a really entertaining couple of uh, couple of episodes.
1: Think of it. The old Brian Kelly <laughs> yelling at that guy. That would have been wild. <laughs> <laughs> that actually would be worth a- You're right. I think you figure out the scenario that convinced me to say that that might have actually been worth it. Uh, but yeah. And and by the way, there are the crazy fans that wanted him to go to the NFL because they think, you know, somehow we could find someone better better. Yeah. And look, who's? G- I get it. The guy hasn't won a national championship. That's the standard at Notre Dame. Mm -hmm. When he went four and eight, I was one of the people that are saying, I think it's time for a change. I'll I'll admit that the guy turned things around, got you in the playoff in two years. Yep. Who, who is better? I mean, they're not going to hire urban Meyer. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's got way too much baggage for Notre Dame to take on. I don't think anyone should touch the guy. He'll probably come back at some point, maybe USC when they, next year. Um but I wouldn't touch Urban Meyer. So who else is there? Yeah. Everyone floats the name Bob Stoops. He might be happy in retirement. He's older than Brian Kelly. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if he would be the one. And then at that point if you're going with the next up and coming coach like Coach Campbell from Iowa State or something like that. Is he different than Brian Kelly? What was Brian Kelly ten years ago? He was yeah. the next up and coming coach. He led Cincinnati to an undefeated season. I'm not saying that there's not a better coach out there for Notre Dame, but right now, eh, I don't that, know. That's what I'm <laughs> and saying. He's riding
0: the momentum. He made those changes again. I, I mean, his. It's impressive to see how he has developed or rebooted himself or changed himself in his coaching style.
1: And again, there's results. Like, we were in the playoffs. That's awesome. There's two ways of looking at this. Who's your best chance to win a national championship in fi- in the next five years? And do you think they can win a national championship in the next five years? Which, that's one of our poll mm-hmm. questions that we'll get to. But if you don't think they can win a national championship in the next five years, then I guess the argument might be, well, then maybe you should make a change. Because if you can't win in the next five years, then obviously you don't think Brian Kelly's the guy. But who gives you the best chance to win it? I think it's him. Because... You're not changing anything, yep. and they got a good team. And momentum going. And, uh, you know, hopefully, cross your fingers, the recruiting's all coming together, too. All right. Well, I don't know about you, but I cannot wait for Tuesday night as Marion hosts St. Joe in the Holy War. It's our South Bend Orthopedics Spotlight Games. The girls game starts at 6 p.m. Tuesday with the boys to follow at 730. Both games featuring some really talented squads, including the number one ranked team in the state in 3A and boys hoops in Marion. The Holy War Tuesday night starting at 6 p.m. here on Redeemer Radio 95.7. All right. Time for a timeout. When we return, we're going to give out some awards. The MVP of the season. Uh, Plus, we'll go position by position, give out some grades. That's next on the season finale, year in review, Notre Dame FCU's Irish Sports Saturdays.
2: You deserve more from your workout, more than sweating away extra pounds. It should transform you from the inside out with technology to prove you're improving and coaches that give you more tough love. You want more results, more confidence, more community, and more energy. Because the more you do at Orange Theory, the more you get out of life. Orange Theory Fitness. Go to orangetheory.com for a free workout.
1: All right. Welcome back to Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Our title sponsor for Irish Sports Saturdays is Notre Dame FCU, where you open when you open an elevate membership at Notre Dame FCU. You get $50 in your new account and another $50 for an eligible nonprofit like a Catholic high school, parish or even Redeemer Radio. Your of values. Why not share in our benefits? Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. I'm just Carlo. Kevin Downey with you here as we now turn our attention in our year-end review show to our team awards and our grades position by position. We'll start with the uh, team award for team MVP. And that was one of our poll questions this week. We asked who was Notre Dame football's MVP this year. Ian Book got 43% of the vote. Julian Love got 27% of the vote. Drew Tranquil got 27% of the vote, and Jerry Tillery got 3% of the vote. Mitch Nagy, quarterback from Marion High School, chiming in with his opinion, he said Ian Book was a huge part, but what happened in the Cotton Bowl when Julian Love went out? Exposure, he was a huge part of ND's defense. I agree, and that's why I am voting Julian Love as the MVP for Notre Dame this season. I don't. Maybe And maybe that's the uh recency bias. Yeah. Um, But uh I think we saw how important he was. Um Again, is Notre Dame in the position they are in without Ian Book? Uh, no. They're not in it without Julian Love. They're not in it without Drew Tranquil. They're probably not in it without Jerry Tillery or Tavon Coney. There's a number. They're probably not in it without Elohi Gilman or the way Jill and Elliott stepped up. There's a lot of guys you can name, but... <laughs> Um, I'm going with Julian Love. Who did you go with? I went with Drew Tranquil. I think just the leadership and all the stuff that he
0: did, the communication, their defense wouldn't be as good. We wouldn't have been in the position to uh, be in the playoffs without him.
1: We have Sarah Downey in the house as well here today, the daughter of uh, Coach Kevin Downey. Uh, Sarah, you just cheered when when your dad said uh, Drew Tranquil. So who's your vote for Team MVP? Drew Tranquil. And why, why are you voting for him?
0: Because he really helped, like, step up the defense and just pull pull the team together.
1: All right. See, a couple more words than than Joey gave us earlier in the show. All right. <laughs> you, you, Joey, I'm not asking you Team MVP because you're the Clemson fan, so we can't allow that. I know. You like both teams. That's beside the point. All right. Um, all right. Let's move on now to uh, the other side of the ball. Uh, who's your MVP on offense? I think this one's pretty obvious, right? It's got to be Ian Book, right? Yeah, I'm Ian Book for sure. I mean, what he did was phenomenal. The, the offense completely changed when he was in the game, so that totally makes sense. All right, most improved player on offense? I
0: went with Dexter Williams, uh, and because he's always been an explosive runner, but he really developed in... Um, strangely in one week (laughs) with being a pass protector and being able to be a complete back. So he can block, he can run, he can catch. um, And that wasn't the case. And again, he overcame a little bit of maturity issues at the beginning of the year too.
1: I I mean, you have a number of guys you could have went with, you could have named any of the wide receivers, because yeah, Miles Bullock didn't even play and had a, a very solid year this year. Chris Fink stepped up his game. Hmm. Chase Claypool stepped up his game. Alizé Max stepped up his game. Uh, on the offensive line, uh, you got Aaron Banks who came in, didn't even play last year, and stepped up his game. You could obviously give this award to Ian Book because he became a bona fide guy. Yep. I'm also going with Dexter Williams, though, because he showed he could play uh, the, the rest of the season, once he came back from that suspension, and he did a great job at, in terms of that. Most improved player on defense, who you got? Mine's a little weird. and People may uh, question
0: it, but Tillery and Kareem. So Tillery, I know he's he who's a national recruit. He was a big time player. He played early. You know, had some mishaps when he was younger, and it was great that he came back. But to me, he became a full, complete um, defensive lineman, interior guy. And he started to make those big time plays that I think will help him in the NFL. And then Kareem just consistently getting better and better and better and better. And again, that helps with the depth. Um, So hopefully at least Kareem comes back next year. All
1: right. Well, no, he is coming back. He did announce he is coming back. All right. Uh, Who, if you only could choose one, who are you picking out of those two? I would say Kareem as far as improving. Yep. Uh, I'm going with Jalen Elliott. I think this mm-hmm. one's a no-brainer. Um, I would have picked him if I just went. If we said who's the most improved player on the team, period, mm-hmm. I would have picked Jalen. Here's a guy who was awful as a freshman, was so-so as a sophomore, and all of a sudden, a very dependable safety this year. Very good, made big plays, helped win them games. I mean, he was really good, and I don't think anyone expected the way he played I think he's as crucial to Notre Dame's success this year as just about anyone so I'm going with Jillian Elliott all right rookie of the year cheater
0: <laughs> highly contested I'm going with Gilman I know he's a transfer but he was on scout team a year ago now he's the defensive uh, leader
1: again you probably voted for Ichiro for rookie of the year even though he played like seven years in Japan <laughs> before coming over so I'm not even gonna let you explain because I think you're premise is incorrect and wrong um, I'm gonna go with Jafar Armstrong uh, obviously a sophomore but did not play last year so that he's a redshirt freshman in everyone's eyes but Notre Dame in terms of how they label him and I think he had a r- really good season obviously he got plagued a little bit by entries but here's the problem this was not there was no obvious candidates and there wasn't a plethora of candidates to yeah. choose from uh, and that's what Notre Dame's Gives problem is depth. you you need the depth to say oh ooh, that guy that guy that guy that guy I think those guys all work all right assistant coach of the year um, again you, you you couldn't name just one you had to go with two <laughs> huh yeah I
0: think it's a tie I think Reese and then um Lee the defense coordinator so Ian Book Came from uh, being a backup, and obviously somebody had something to do with it. Uh, He gave credit to Reese, so I'm going to go with that. And then the defense and how they played, uh, even including the playoffs. You know, there's some big plays against them, but they – they were good and they were consistently good. And again, he was an unknown coming in kind of like a Gilman. He was on the backup role, but when he had a chance to step in and be a leader, he did it.
1: All right. I I can't argue with that at all with Clark Lee, but I'm going with Reese mainly because not even because of books development, the way I I, obviously Brandon Wimbush would not have it together the way he did. If it's, if Brandon Wimbush is not an exceptional person, Mm -hmm. but I'm, I, I think Tommy Reese has to get some credit for that too, in terms of the way he kept that room together because that room could have fell apart. Tommy Reese has been Brandon Wimbush in the past, he's been Ian Book in the past. Yeah. So I think he, he can relate to those guys, and you're seeing the benefits uh, of that. All right, let's go uh, our grades position by position at quarterback. What do you got for your end of the year grade for the quarterback position?
0: I went A minus. I mean, Ian Book. Is really good, and there's a lot of hope for the future.
1: Yeah, I, I went with A-minus as well. Um, I can't give it an A or A-plus simply because the first three games wasn't so great under Brandon Wimbush is where they started. And Book wasn't perfect the last in November and in, in the bowl game. So uh, until he steps up to have that consistent play the whole year, I don't think you can go any higher. Running backs, what do you got? I, went B, I think that they're better than average. Yeah, I went B, and maybe they're being downgraded because of the offensive line. Maybe Dexter Williams and Jafar Armstrong would be better. They got hurt by the fact that Williams did not play the first four games, that Armstrong missed uh, some games with injury, but I went with B as well. Uh, Wide receivers and tight ends. I think a B, um, again, if you look at the very beginning of the year, a lot of these
0: guys were unknown because we didn't get the ball to them and never saw them be able to perform in the offense. But I think that they're better than average. I think they're B.
1: Uh, wide receivers tight ends and offensive line had the most roller coaster in terms of our grades mm-hmm. uh, we both gave them C's after the first three games uh, you gave him an a I gave him an a minus at the midway point and then you just dropped them to a B I dropped them to a B minus I think especially in the cotton Bowl there was too many drop passes. you got to make those plays yeah um and overall I think they they just they lacked the speed this year um to take that next step um, offensive line what do you got
0: I went with a B, and really because I have high expectations for Notre Dame offensive line. That is one position that Brian Kelly or anybody consistently recruits well at uh, Notre Dame. Those are the kind of kids that they can get and develop, and that they have. You know, they lost two guys to the NFL uh, first round last year, and they had people step in. And then even if you look at it, who they ended up with in the lineup, um, I mean, they had a six-six guard. <laughs> they have enough. Raw talent there that the expectation should be high. So um, yeah, they they were better than average, but I think they can be better.
1: Yeah, I went with B minus. I I have the same high standards. I think if they were another position group, we'd probably give them a much higher grade. But but they're on the curve because mm-hmm. of, of the expectations. All right, uh, let's get through this rapid fire defensive line. What do you got? Say A.
0: They're really good. Um, and helped lead. The defense.
1: Yeah, I'll go with A as well. Uh, I can't give them an A plus because that goes to uh, Clemson or Alabama <laughs> uh, defensive line linebackers. What do you got? I went A plus. I think that that
0: was the key to the the resurgence of the whole defense this year. Those two guys, which unfortunately are leaving.
1: Yeah, and that's why I give it an A because there's no depth and they are screwed next year <laughs> at, at, at linebacker secondary. What do you got?
0: I went A minus. I think you know again when Love went out, it created a, a big hole.
1: I'll go A minus, which is a lot higher grade than I would have ever anticipated. Can you imagine two years ago if I told you what grade you would give? Uh, the Actual secondary? safety
0: play improving drastically two I mean, years ago.
1: Who who would have ever imagined this? So <laughs> A minus I'll go as well. Special teams. What do you got?
0: I got an A. They had good specialists this year. They gave year. up
1: two touchdowns on kickoffs.
0: The challenge will be... It's one thing on special teams not to hurt your team, which they did. Now, how about we make a couple of plays and actually how, flip a game?
1: How can you give them an A? What an they- easy grader! I always give A's. You're, you're terrible. I'll give them a B because they gave up two touchdowns on kickoffs and they didn't even return one themselves. Uh, terrible uh, coaching. What do you got? I got an A. Yeah, I'll go A minus. Uh, and overall, what grade do you give them?
0: A, I I think they're top five team in the country.
1: I go a minus only for one reason. I give them an A if they make it to the national championship. And the A plus is only reserved for one thing, a they're national best. championship. And uh do you think they're going to win a national championship? Don't answer that yet. That is a question we have posed on Twitter at Ange Carlo, my Twitter account. You can still get your vote and comment in. We'll give those results next as we look ahead to 2019. Coming up next year on the season finale of Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays.
2: Join Bishop Kevin Rhodes, Bishop of Fort Wayne, South Bend, every Wednesday at noon for his weekly show, Truth and Charity. On each episode, he joins host Kyle Hyman to discuss key issues facing Catholics in the diocese and beyond. Then he answers questions submitted by listeners. If you would like to submit a question, go to RedeemerRadio.com slash AskBishop. Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes is brought to you in part by Notre Dame Federal Credit Union.
1: If you're ready to buy or sell a home, visit southbendsteve.com to learn more about Realtor Steve Bizarro of Cressy and Everett. Steve has a 4.9 rating out of 5 from Realtor.com. I know from personal experience how easy he makes the process. Contact Steve Bizarro of Cressy and Everett Real Estate at 574-229-4040 or visit southbendsteve.com. And if you like all things Notre Dame, be sure to stay tuned for Church Life Today coming up right after us. Lenny DiLorenzo, the Marath Institute for Church Life is your host. That's next here on Redeemer Radio with replays tonight at 6 and Sunday at 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. All right, we're in our stretch run here of our season finale, Notre Dame FCU's Irish Sports Saturdays, our year-in-review show. And we're going to look ahead now to 2019. And, Kevin, uh, first question I got for you is, what do you view as Notre Dame's strengths and their weaknesses heading into next season?
0: I think strengths offensively, uh, having Ian Book, I think he's a difference maker, build on their strengths with the offensive line. And then hopefully those wide receivers develop Uh, weaknesses. I guess I'd have to flip it back over to the defense. We're losing two really good linebackers uh, and one interior defensive lineman and now a corner. So all those difference makers, uh, we we need people to step up.
1: Yeah, you're losing your four best defensive players Mm -hmm. and maybe arguably your four best players. Uh, on the team, depending on how you view where you put book in that mix, yep. but it, certainly four of your five best players on the team. Um, I I think I got questions about running back. Um, obviously, Dexter Williams is gone. I think Jafar Armstrong's more than capable, um, but I, and Tony Jones is. But both of those guys have not stayed healthy. They they need Armstrong to be healthy next year. They this has not been an area they've recruited really well. They don't have much depth there, Um, so I'm a little concerned there. Mm -hmm. I think they need offensive line to step up in a major way and become, again, it's not going to be 2017, because you're not, Quentin Nelson, an all-pro as a rookie, Um, and Mike McGlinchey uh, was right behind him as one of the best um, uh, offensive linemen in the country, um, especially as a rookie. So, you're not going to be that, but I think you got to be trending closer to that next year. And and that's a big factor. All right. Uh, One of our poll questions was with a tough 2019 schedule, including road games at Georgia, Michigan, and Stanford, how many regular season games does Notre Dame win? Um, We, the final, the top answer and your choices were nine or less wins, 10 wins, 11 wins, or 12 wins. 10 wins had the highest total, at 39 percent, nine or less wins was next at 34 percent and undefeated regular season only got 14 percent of the vote and then 11 wins got 13 percent of the vote. Jack Hagen wrote in that BK is let's see here. What do he say? BK is one heck of a coach. I think we'll have a great squad. No one thought we'd go undefeated this year, and I agree. I think we're on the brink of a championship. I think, once again, we're going to go undefeated and be back in the playoffs. So, he was one of the 14% that gave Notre Dame its 12 regular season wins. What say you? I say 10 wins, and that's even uh, being hopeful. (laughs) I mean, and I don't think that's necessarily on the team as much as you've got to go to Georgia on the road, Stanford on the road, Michigan on the road. Louisville, I know, wasn't good at all this year, but you're going on the road. That's your fourth toughest road game. That's that's not easy. USC. USC at home. I mean, that's a really tough schedule next year. I think 10 is generous. I'm still going to go with 10 because I think they win one of those three road games, and hopefully they go undefeated at home again next year. But again, that's, that's not going to be an easy one, uh, to say the least. All right. Our other big poll question was... Will Notre Dame win a national championship in the next five years? Sixty seven percent of those voting. And we have more than eleven hundred votes. Wow. Sixty seven percent of those voting said no. Notre Dame will <laughs> not win a national championship. This is a in the Catholic next... radio station. You have to have hope. Thirty three percent say yes. Um, all right. Let's read some of the answers. Tyler Irish wrote. Nope. Need a better coach who can coach in big games. Chewy wrote, Alabama will most likely win the next five championships. I think that's tongue-in-cheek, but he might be right. Uh, Snoop Dogg, I don't think it's the same one, (laughs) won't happen as long as the other schools can recruit entire rosters of four and five stars, multiple classes deep. ND gets the occasional blue chip, and their first-teamers can go toe-to-toe with anyone, but there's often too big of a drop-off after that. I mean, that's kind of exactly what we were saying earlier. Uh, Josh Wilson uh, just posted a meme of Mike Tyson laughing hysterically. So I'm going to say that that answer is no. He doesn't think that they can win a national championship in the next five years. Uh, Another Josh wrote, yes, need better recruits, not better coaching. Huge gap between top-tier recruiting classes and the rest, but the new indoor facility should help persuade those athletes afraid of the northern Indiana climate. Uh, Logan Elliot wrote, have to quit throwing away big games, and that starts with better coaching. Michael Warner wrote, we won't be able to compete. Main reason is our academic standards. The kids going to other schools, Alabama and Clemson, they have a lot of, I'm going to ad lib this one, Crummy degrees, so they only have to worry about football, he wrote a different word that we're not going to say on a Catholic radio station. Irish Hawk, I don't know if you're into podcasts, but Pat McAfee had Maurice Claret on, and he was very open about the curriculum and how his degree was crummy from OSU. Um, And Moons wrote, by comparison, and he offers very few degrees, nowhere near the odd specialties of the big state schools. I think that plays a big part. I also think 5 stars set on NFL don't care about Northern Indiana at all. There's a cap to recruiting. And uh let's see who else we got here. One more we'll get in. Unless uh, Matt, Matt Embry unless Alabama and Clemson fade won't happen for ND or anyone else for that matter. Kind of understand that one and that perspective. Um let's see if we got any we got a bunch more. We can't get to all of them. Um but I'll say yes, if ND continues recruit and develops players at this level they are currently all right uh, Kevin we're almost running out of time uh, do you think Notre Dame will win not Ken will win a national championship in the next five years I think they
0: can but right now there's a huge gap between uh, Clemson and Alabama the how they can do it is if they take the success of this year and the previous year and keep building on it and you know now that they made it to playoffs their recruiting can come through but that's a big if
1: can <laughs> yeah uh, and the only way i think they can is probably with phil jacovic because i don't think this team will be ready to win it next year i assume Ian book will leave after next year and turn pro you want that to happen because that means he had a good year so i think it would have to be on phil Dracovic and i i wonder if the defense will then take a step back because of all the guys that will leave next year so um I don't think they will, um, and I don't know if they can, and that's not – it's just hard to do it in football. All right. We're way out of time. That'll do it for Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Notre Dame FCU, where you bank does matter. Our show also presented all season by Orange Series Fitness and Granger. Voted the best one-hour full-body workout. We want to thank all our sponsors for making this show possible. Led by Notre Dame FCU and Orange Theory Fitness. Also, a big thank you to Tyrac, Realtor Steve Bizarro, Venue ND, Nicholas J. Salon, the U.S. Senior Open and Stans F- Food Services. excuse me thanks to our audio operator today joe andert and to jeremy pete and matt florian for running the board throughout the season as well our general manager is rick Gonziork, operations manager redeem radio doug jones and our executive director is cindy black huge thank you to my partner kevin downey thanks so much bud uh i hope you enjoyed it this year yeah it was a lot of fun all right. Uh, did a great job all year. Makes, and thanks most of all to all our listeners. Without you, we would not be here. The 2018 Notre Dame football season is in the books. 12-1, and 1, pretty special season. And one everyone hopes will take a step further in 2019. For everyone at Redeemer Radio, I'm Ángel DiCarlo. Thank you for joining us all season long. We close things out with a prayer from one of the Irish team chaplains. Hi, this is Father Nate Wills.
0: I'm a Holy Cross priest, a faculty member at Notre Dame's Alliance for Catholic Education, and one of the chaplains to the Notre Dame football team. This is a prayer that the players pray together at the end of our pregame mass. Let us pray. Grant we beseech you, O Lord our God, that we may enjoy continual health of mind and body, and by the glorious intercession of Mary our Lady, May we accept the joys and trials of this life and someday enter into eternal happiness. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Go Irish! This has been a presentation of Redeemer Radio Sports.
1: Thanks for joining us for Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays.
0: Ashley is an athlete who is always focused on scoring the next
2: goal. But when unexpected injuries happen, Ashley knows where to go. SB OrthoNow Walk-In Clinic, an orthopedic care clinic with same-day walk-in care for breaks, sprains, and sports injuries. Located in South Bend Orthopedics Office at Douglas Road and 23 in South Bend. And open noon to 7, Monday through Thursday, and noon to 5 on Fridays. No appointment needed means Ashley can be seen right away. Learn more at sborthonow.com. For the first time ever, the U.S. Senior Open will be played on a college campus at the historic University of Notre Dame's Warren Golf Course, June 24th through 30th, 2019. Don't miss this chance to see great champions like Miguel Angel Jimenez, Davis Love III, Bernhard Langer, and defending champion David Toms as they compete for one of golf's most prestigious titles. Commemorative holiday gift packages are now available and will sell out. Get yours today at
0: 2019USSeniorOpen.com.